Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. So, we're going all the way to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to talk to Avi D'Souza, and he's with an organization called Not Just Tourists. And if that isn't interesting enough, then we'll get into some more detail as we go along. So first of all, welcome, Avi, and tell us about your academic background. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. Uh, so as far as my academic background goes, uh, studied finance at Wilfrid Laurier University, uh, finance and entrepreneurship. Uh, did, did the... Uh, Canadian Securities course, uh, did two exams of the CFA, uh, so, so very much financially driven, uh, which obviously has nothing to do with what I'm doing now, but uh, yeah, that's my, my educational background. Okay, so let's jump into your work background. Sure. Um, yep, so I'm the uh, communications manager for Toronto Region Board of Trade. I'm on the policy side, so we do policy and advocacy, uh, but... In my past work, I've, I've done everything from working on a cruise ship to working as an equity trader to, um, you know, being the global director of communication for EOSSM, which is the second largest medical aid provider inside Syria. Uh, so, so a full, full gamut of different jobs. Okay. So now we get down to where you're working now, not just tourists. Yes, sir. And... Uh, Tell me where that name came from. Sure. Uh, so, so actually, I, I didn't start the organization. The organization was started 30, year, 30 years ago in St. Catharines by Dr. Ken and Denise Taylor. Uh, so they're the ones that came up, with, came up with the name. And the idea is they, they went to Cuba, uh, and they realized that there's a tremendous need uh, for medical supplies, basic things like gauze, bandages, syringes, tapes, IV kits, things that we take for granted over here they just don't have over there. Uh, so they started bringing suitcases over of medical, uh, medical supplies, and then that, that was the essence of the name, not just tourists, that you're more than just a tourist. And what is your role at the company now? So I founded the Toronto chapter, uh, so I've been doing this for about nine years now. Um, yeah, and I'm the program director, founder of the Toronto chapter. This is uh, my role, yeah. Okay, so... You said Toronto chapter, which means there are other chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the Taylors are still doing this in St. Catharines. Uh, we're doing it in Toronto. We have a chapter in Ottawa. We have a chapter in Orange County, California, and Colorado, and Alabama. Uh, we've been expanding all over the place. Uh, so definitely more than uh, a single shingle. Okay, so... Tell me in a little more detail what exactly you do. Yeah, so in Canada, a tremendous amount of medical supplies is um, is thrown out every day, right? And these are a lot of times surplus medical supplies, so surplus from the hospitals. Uh, we have surplus from companies that just have too much. We have uh, people who are on home care, uh, so they get medical care at home and basically they either get better or pass away, and then their families are left with lots of supplies, right? So we collect them, uh, sort them, pack them into suitcases, 
and then small, uh, send them to small remote clinics all over the world that need them. So, okay, so how do you get people to uh, get these suitcases? Uh, so all word about, so similar to like, you know, this podcast and, and things like this where people hear about us, they're traveling, uh, and they decide to take a suitcase, you know. So we've, we've had a fair bit of press coverage. We've been in CNN, been in The Guardian, and, you know, all the Toronto newspapers, CBC, so the word, the word does get around, uh, but it's still like, I think you ask everyday person off the street, what's well, not just tourists, they're probably not going to know, right? So it, it, it goes to other communities around the world. What about within Canada? So I guess by regulation, we can't distribute in Canada. Um, so, so basically all the stuff we send has to go overseas. Otherwise we have to apply, you know, go according to uh, Canadian regulations on medical supply distribution and that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but generally like Canada's system is, you know, quite advanced and pretty robust in terms of having adequate supplies across the province and across the country. So uh, for the most part, the needs aren't really here. What about indigenous communities? Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, we haven't, like, I, I know there are needs for, not, not necessarily medical supplies like we send, but, like, things like walkers and wheelchairs and things like that. Uh, there, there has been an expressed need for, for those things in Indigenous communities, uh, and, and we'd be happy to support it. But, again, by, by laws and regulations, we're not really allowed to, you know? Okay. What's your relationship with the Red Cross? Uh, no relationship, per se. Uh, so, so, basically... We, we work, you know, independent of other aid agencies, right? We work directly with hospitals and clinics in the developing world. So, like, on our website, we have a list of, like, five, 600 different clinics that we work with around the world. And since we've been doing this, we've sent about uh, the Toronto chapter, so the, the chapter that I founded, we've sent about one and a half million pounds of medical supplies to 82 countries. Uh, and then this also includes, like, supplying containers and medical missions and that kind of stuff, too. Okay, so supplies, yes. What kind of equipment are you involved in? So we get, uh, you know, we get large offers for hospital beds, um, wheelchairs. We've received like thousands of wheelchairs, crutches, um, things like ECGs, defibrillators, incubators. You name it. You know, you name it. We've we've received at some point OR lights. Yeah. Okay, but they don't fit very well in a suitcase. Fortunately not, no. So, so we work with like local partners as well to send supply aid containers, right? So, uh, you know, right now, currently we have an aid container going to Cuba, an aid container going to DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, you know, so we, we, sent, we sent a lot of stuff to Ukraine. So like the bigger stuff, that's where that goes. Okay. And is it... Full-time people or is it part-time people? Is it volunteers? So that's the beauty of not just tourists. It's 100% volunteer-based. Uh, there's no money in the organization and there's no donations. We've never taken financial donations. We never will. It's it's all done from the heart. And it's all done by people that care. You know, so this is all, it's not quite a job per se. It's all just volunteer. And how long has the Toronto chapter been around? Uh, John Chapter's been around for nine years. Okay. 
And do you have a team that works with you? Yeah, yeah. So, so we have a, luckily, like when I first started, it was myself and another like co-founder, but now we have quite a big group of volunteers. So we have uh, a leadership team called Core, uh, which kind of handles all our operations and logistics and sorting and all that kind of stuff. And that's made up about like, give or take 12 people. And then normally, in normal times, we have about 50 volunteers a week come every Wednesday and sort and pack medical supplies. But with with COVID and stuff like that, it's a bit up and down. So, so do you have a warehouse, or where do you operate from? Uh, so the Roncesvalles United Church has been really generous with us. So they donated the space in the basement for us to sort and pack supplies. They donated storage space as well, uh, and it's. Very, very kind of them, especially since we're we're not religious, we're not political, so there's no religious affiliation with what we do. But they've just been kind to us. So, so Avi, talk about the importance of partnerships to make this happen. Oh, we are the uh, quintessence of partnerships, right? Like everything we do uh, utilizes partnerships, right? So something as simple as donations, right? So we have partnerships with the hospitals or clinics, with medical suppliers, that kind of stuff. Um, partnerships, I, I view volunteers as partnerships, you know, where they, we try and do our best to get everything organized for them and then they donate their time to, to help make it happen, right? By sorting supplies, by packing them, by running around and picking them up. Uh, so it's because there's no money in our organization, everything depends on partnerships and depends on people's goodwill. So talk about what you're going to look like three, three years from today. Three years from today? Um, I hope bigger. You know, my, my, my dream since I started this is always bigger. Uh, and we have achieved that in many ways. You know, like, I think the Toronto chapter has sparked seven or eight different chapters around the world. And my goal, not in three years, but in my lifetime, as long or as short as that is, is to see a thousand chapters started by us. Wow. Well, that is exciting. So yeah. in, in terms of measuring the results of what you're doing, how do you do that? So we, you know, a lot of it is quite anecdotal, right? But we, we talk to the clinics, we, we, we ask travelers to tell us stories, right? So Every traveler that takes a suitcase, we ask them to take a photo at the clinic. Um, and they they fill out a form as well. So the clinic tells us exactly what they need, what their capacity is, how many doctors, nurses, what their greatest needs are, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so those are the, the, the means of communication. Um, but a lot of times, like, so, so the bigger idea behind Not Just Stirs, and I hadn't talked about that yet, is the reason we send it in suitcases is we want travelers to step outside their comfort zone and connect with local people. And what we find is travelers who do this, oftentimes this is their first suitcase, they take over and they go outside their comfort zone, they go to a small village and they bring these clinics, uh, these supplies to the clinics and they end up falling in love with the clinics and they end up falling in love with the community. And it's the first step for them in being a lifetime patron of these communities. You know, So, so the bigger idea is spreading love of, and that's, that's what NJT is all about. Okay, so... Having said all this, if I take a suitcase to the airport, yes, sir. have people had any problems getting through the airport and getting onto an airplane? So I'd say like less than, we, we track this, right? We've sent probably a couple thousand suitcases now. 
less than one percent uh, has an issue, you know, uh, and 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 that what that looks like is if the arriving country sometimes customs can say no, you know, like you you can't bring this in, and then they'll confiscate it, and that's that's pretty much it, you know. So that's that's the extent of it. But the vast majority of of our deliveries all over the world go, you know, very smoothly. So knock on wood. Well, if, if I was a passenger, Abby, and I wanted to take one of these suitcases, what sort of yep. extra cost am I facing to take that extra suitcase? Um, so, so again, that's that's kind of the responsibility of the traveler, but it's it's whatever your baggage allowance allows, right? So <clears throat> if the suitcase is probably worth four or $500 in medical supplies, right? Plus, we give you the suitcase as well. Uh, so... You know, I think extra bags are what thirty bucks, thirty-five bucks for most places. Um, people have baggage, like extra baggage allowance, anyways, like two suitcases, or they're traveling with family and they can fit all their stuff in less suitcases. So, the the idea is that like people shouldn't have to pay for anything, right? We don't encourage people to like buy suitcases and take them over. We want people to just use the, the allowance that they have, right? So, having said that. What about equipment? How do you get the equipment over there? So the equipment is sent with uh, aid partners, right? So people, like, like a lot of times it's just ordinary people that are committed to a community, you know? So we have one of our volunteers, Alex and Tanya. They, uh, Alex is, you know, from Toronto. Tanya is from Cuba. And she was a nurse there and they moved here. But they always, like Tanya obviously loves and Alex loves their community in Cuba. So they're trying to do right by them by sending an aid container. Uh, and where we step in is we're the ones that have all the contacts. We have a lot of supplies. So we're able to help them fill their containers up. So they're responsible for getting a container? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is that an expense, a huge expense? Or? It, it, it is considerable. Uh, so it's like a many hands make light work. Like I think they have other people chip in. Uh, it's depending on where you're sending to, like a container costs like five to $10,000, but they're absolutely massive, right? Like a 40 foot container can hold uh, an enormous amount of supplies. It can hold like 30 hospital beds plus 15, 20 skids of supplies and so on and so forth. So, so if you're sending valuable things and you pack it to the brim, it's very much a huge ROI. So having said that, do you help them with fundraising to, uh, to get the money to support? Uh, so that's something we, we draw a line on where because we're, you know, we don't accept any funding or donations, we don't want to send the wrong messaging out that we, you know, we're fine if other people do it, but for us, we, we don't get involved in that side at all. Okay, so it's up to them to find a way that they can do something. Yeah, so basically, like, they, they figure out the logistics and the payment, and we get the supplies for them. Okay. So having said this, you talked about expanding the number of chapters. So yeah. in Ontario, how many are there? In Ontario, I'd say maybe, like, six, seven. Okay. Yeah. And in order to bring that up to 30, what would you need to do? I, th I think it's uh, it's it's not just the number; it's the it's the people behind it, right? And it's also the 
the market that they serve, right? So for example, uh, Toronto, huge population base, very committed leadership, myself, humble brag, but like, I'm very committed to this. So, so like, um, we make it work here, right? So the, the two, the two key elements is people that are like obsessed with this idea. Like there's nothing short of obsession that you need to, to start a chapter, deal with the rejection and, and run with it. Um, and then also ensuring that like this, the city or town or whatever you're in has enough travelers, has a big enough donation base and all that kind of stuff to be sustainable, right? Like there's a minimum scale that, that kind of needs to be there in order to have a, have a real operation. Okay. Let's get back to St. Catharines. Yeah. This is where it started and it's still operating. Yes, sir. And that's not a huge community because I was born there. Uh huh. And I'm just wondering, that sounds like a fairly small community to be able to get supplies and to get it to a close by airport for travelers. In, in like I guess relative to Toronto, yes, but like, like I think St. Catharines is what a couple hundred thousand people plus Niagara plus Hamilton, so so I'd say like every everything thirty forty minutes out is fair game, but then also like a lot of people you know people like Canadians in general travel all the time right and a lot of it's as far as it is it's not that far right so so I think like St. Catharines is is actually a sweet spot in terms of having a lot of travelers, but then also having, you know, a good amount of donations and, and keeping it and keeping it like manageable as well. You know, like in Toronto it can get very unmanageable with just the, the volume of everything that we do. So. Okay. Well, taking into account current conditions, how do you deal with something like Ukraine? So Ukraine's interesting in that it's not, it's not a travel destination, right? Like we're not sending suitcases with travelers into a war zone. It's, you know, not well beyond our scope and not safe for the travelers and so on and so forth. Right. So at the same time, we, anyone who puts their hand up for help, we'll, we'll provide it. Right. So like we've, we've sent supplies to war zones in the past. We've sent supplies to Syria, you know, we've sent supplies to Yemen. Like it's, it's, it's all through similar, like, aid channels and proper distribution channels, right? So for Ukraine specifically, um, we work with local partners who ship it over and are able to distribute it. Uh, funny enough, uh, one of our, 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 like our head of, our head of nursing and, and like, and all like our medical advisor, Juliet and Mark, uh, they're both uh, Sunnybrook OR nurses that are retired and they've been supported supporting Ukraine for years now. So they've been going over on medical missions and and doing work for years. And we've been sending supply to Ukraine for years before this larger conflict. Um, so they've really been the ones that have been leading our distribution efforts and making sure things get from A to B. So which are the largest countries that you're kind of exporting to? Uh, good question. Like. So overwhelmingly suitcases go to Cuba, you know, a lot of, a lot of Canadians go to Cuba. There's a great need over there. So a lot of it goes there and we, you know, we love the Cuban people. Um, 
but then like a lot of it goes to Honduras, goes like Central America, uh, people doing medical missions in Africa, we send with them. Container-wise, I think like Cameroon has received hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, Ghana, same thing. So we've we we have like we have a map on our website where we map out uh, where it's where it's all gone to and how much. But uh, yeah. So talk about the feedback from the groups that you send it to. I think there's a immense amount of gratitude and we see that in pictures or in letters from doctors and uh i i think maybe we don't fully grasp the magnitude of the impact as well right because i think coming from a western country you can't you can't understand the the extent of the needs uh that happen in the developing world right uh so for example like we get stories back about doctors just not having gloves. And I think that's fairly standard in a lot of developing countries that there's just no budget for gloves, right? And that the the effect of that is, you know, a risk to them, risk to their patients. If they do get gloves, we get, we get stories back about them washing them and hanging them on drying cloths, you know what I mean? So like simple things, simple things that we take for granted make a world of difference. Or for example, before... Before the pandemic, uh, we got an offer for 20 million surgical masks. Uh, astro- uh, sorry, 20 million N95 masks, astronomical, 700 skids, right? And before the pandemic, we worked with a lot of partners to send these all over the world. And I think that at the time, N95s, people didn't really understand the, the value of them, right? But they were, they're now sitting or they were sitting in developing countries all over the world right when the pandemic hit. And to me, that's, that's as serendipitous as it gets, right? That like something that there's no way they could afford slash be able to procure in a global pandemic, they had beforehand. So, You got any support from the provincial or federal government? Uh, no, none. We're, we're, non, we're non-political. We, we don't. We don't really need it to be honest. Like, like, basically, everything is all all the all the pieces are there for us, right? We get supplies donated to us. We have no money, so there's not really anything for them to to do. And then it also simplifies it in terms of, you know, when travelers are taking supplies to a country, there's no politics attached to anything, right? There's no potential for politics to be attached to anything. It's just people helping people and spreading the love. Okay, so. You've uh, created something very exciting, and we're going to let our listeners become aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What would you like from our our listeners? Uh, I'd say, you know, get involved. If, if this story resonates with you, if you think you can make a difference, and I think everyone can, get involved. Uh, go on our website, njt.net. You know, show up at a packing party, which is a lot of fun. Uh, donate suitcases. If you, if you have access to supplies, donate supplies. And then just in general, you know, like take ownership, step up, try and try and do something. You know, it doesn't have to be through NJT, but I think the world is in great need of people that care and people that do the real things and uh, anyone can do it, you know? Okay. So once again, have a, the website again. Uh, N for Nancy, J for John, T for Tony.net. So NJT.net. Terrific. Oh, you're doing great work and uh, we'll help spread the word. 
Okay. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it and appreciate your time.